are recording. So how can I help you today? Hello, Amy. Hello. Um, so I have been in the process of going through a separation and now a divorce. And I realized that there was a lot of changes in my life that had happened. It was not easy, but it did feel like a very generational thing that needed to be ended. Um, but, but there's also been struggles of like, well, shoot, am I doing the right thing? And, and I guess in some ways I'd, I'd like to hear from some of those I know who have gone before, who have gone through this and didn't make the choices that I did. Um, it's confirmation to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I also want the guidance that they can give me of being out on my own again. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I see there's a lot of women in your lineage that are eager to come forward, but actually I see them standing behind your spirit guide. Okay. Because um, your spirit guides really want to be the one to have this yeah. conversation for now. Sure. Um, and they want to express, and I'm, and I see like aunts and grandmothers like smiling at me. They want to address the idea that they would have chosen differently. Hmm. Um, it's, it's not that it's not true because it's mostly true. Um, but they would, the vast majority of them are shaking their heads at me and saying, we wouldn't have chosen differently if we were her. Okay. Um, so you get to just put that story down. Sure. Um, and know that you have the support of everybody on the other side. Like I'm literally, I'm just, I'm seeing at least tens of women all mm -hmm. looking at me and smiling and, and saying that you have their full support. Okay. Um, and what collectively they're, they're also giving me is, um, this independence is so necessary for you. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't mean that you're going to be alone. It's not, it's not a, um, it's an, it's an independence from that partner and that dynamic of a relationship. Okay. And that whatever partners you may have in the future, that you will have a different level of independence within those relationships. I got it. And it's interesting. It's like they're showing me, it's almost like a Venn diagram of within your marriage, where was their independence and where was their dependence or interdependence. And it's like they were just in some of the wrong places. Yeah. There, there were areas where you were being independent where having a partner would have been really good. And then there were areas where, like, you didn't need somebody in their opinion, but you had it. And so yeah. it's, it's like finding the right balance and in the right places. Um, it, I literally feel like they, they show me like your experience of your marriage and it's, you know how, like when you put out like a fire, you can, they have those like fire blankets and you like put the blanket on top of the fire and it smushes it. Yeah. It's like, you're the fire. And your marriage was just that blanket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's no, sh it's no shame on you or on your partner now, divorced husband. Like it, it's no shame on any of that. It's just, it was time to move on. 
So mm-hmm. they're just giving you all of that so that you can rest assured. This, there's no judgment. This was the right decision for all involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and you knew that already, but hearing it from them, they say it was important. Yeah, it is. Um, so it, advice in terms of moving forward. They they want you to be really focused on who you are independently and it only invite in for the time being like this will change where like there will be a day in the future where it's 50 50 but for now it's like you're an independent person who's a goddess and Mm -hmm. we're only going to invite men who want to worship at your feet (laughs) and you know i i say that you know tongue-in-cheek because we don't really want to invite somebody who's going to come in and worship and be obsessed with you but um there's a little bit of that i know who i am now and i'm willing to be seen for who i am yeah i'm not willing to put the blanket on my own fire anymore yeah yeah um and there is a bigness about this it's it's like literally they're they're wanting me like I'm 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 feeling like my shoulders expand. I'm sitting up taller. It's like I want to take over the whole room that I'm sitting in, and they're wanting you to have a allowing your energy to be bigger. Okay. Um, you are a very powerful, energetic person, and I think you know that because you are very intuitively connected. But it's like they're wanting you to allow yourself to embody that power. Okay. And it's interesting because when they were showing me that you're a powerful person, I was kind of turning to them and sort of going, well, is she like channel? Is she a healer? Like when we think of the really connected, intuitive people, like what do we think of? And I was seeing you as it's like a healer, but it's almost like an electronic engineer. Like Hmm. I'm, I'm seeing you manipulate energy from a very electrically charged place. Hmm. Like, whereas I see other people that would manipulate energy, it would be like from a healing point of view. With yours, it's it's a much more creative and like a manifestation point of view. Interesting. I've, I've been trying to figure out what to do with this for a while, and it's become more so in the past month or so. Yeah. I've, you Have you ever seen those things where like, They'll put um, someone. Someone will put an object like on top of their hand or on a table or something, and then with their other hand, they'll just swoosh at the object, but you know, inches above it. Yeah. And then eventually, the object falls off the table, even though even though nobody's touched it, and the hand mm-hmm. is inches away. Have you ever seen that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I. I. I'm seeing you doing that sort of work. That makes Not, sense. Not necessarily like forever, mm-hmm. but it's like helping you tune in and develop that sense of power that you have within you. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I was discussing telekinesis with someone last month. Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, good. That's why the word was so. I, I was literally feeling more energy for the first like massive amounts of energy. I could feel other people's energy. But I'd never been able to do that before up until I'd had a therapy session. And then I Mm -hmm. forgave a few different things. And then it was like, whoosh, where did this come from? That I can feel all these people's energies. And I'm not sure. You said something so profound there. 
it was, I have it was to say this. Okay. Forgiveness is like the number one tool of the intuitive. Okay. Um, and so I just, because this is for the podcast, I just have to share that because yeah. that's such a key piece of information. I mean, it is. You know, I can't explain it. I, I told my therapist about it and, mm-hmm. you know, another doctor that I had, he decided to change one of my medications to see, hey, this going to change that because you know, I, I, I have a thyroid medication that I've been on for three years. And he's like, well, let's lower that down and see if that changes anything. And it, it mm-hmm. did. It, it made me, hmm, okay, now I'm not like feeling like I'm vibrating at this high energy anymore. But I don't know. Was I vibrating at that high energy for a long time? I don't think there really was. Maybe three months, and it just went to, like, the top, and I almost felt like, oh, my gosh. It, I know other people in my life who have ADHD. I know other people who have bipolar, and, and, who, bipolar disease and, you know, live with that, and they vibrate so high, and I've been around them when they're manic. And I couldn't feel them in the past. I was I was feeling people like that, and I was like, oh, my Dear God, this is like crazy that I can feel your energy. And right. I would have to come back home and be like, oof, I need that off of me. So I mm-hmm. needed to like, I, I set up more boundaries yeah. to be able to try to, uh, you know, if I'm absorbing that, squeeze that out of me, get that out of me, uh, you know, setting up yeah. the space. Any suggestions part, on that? Yes. Part of the reason why they want you to play with telekinesis is because whether consciously or unconsciously, a lot mm-hmm. of your work as an intuitive person has been that of the sponge, mm-hmm. where it's like you've you've tuned into other people and you've gotten insights and maybe you've got prophetic dreams, that sort of thing, but it's all from tuning into other people. And so the mm-hmm. more you can start to play with making things happen, mm-hmm. that's going to be a really fun way to set up boundaries. Okay. Um, it's it's sort of interesting because like we think that the boundary is all about between us and the other person and setting up a wall, but the boundary is more with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this is this is your guides talking. This is not me talking. So your okay. guides are saying um, that as you learn how much of a creator you are, you're going to find other people's experience far less interesting. And so just intuitively, it's like you're, that the itch that you have to be spiritually connected, you're going to be meeting that itch somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes over to the friend that's bipolar, that's manic or whatever, you're going to be much more aware of like, oh, I'm tuning into them. And sometimes you'll choose to feel that connection because it feels like intimacy. And sometimes you'll be like, eh, I don't need that. Um, and so the boundary is much more about you deciding whether or not you're interested in having that vibrational connection. Okay. Um, they say you've relied on that, on that kind of the experience of being a sponge. You've relied on that sponge experience for so long because that was your greatest intuitive gift mm-hmm. is that you could read other people. And so it's like, mm-hmm. By being in touch with other people, it helps you feel in touch with spirit mm-hmm. or divine energy. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, but why don't you just get in touch with divine energy and let other people be other people? <laughs> I get it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it feels selfish in a way, though. I'm like, well, but wait, how is this helping anyone else? Well, it's what it helps me. Yes. 
figure out my own journey of what I am supposed to be here for. And I, I suppose because I've always been so driven to help others. Well, I wasn't always. That shifted somewhere when I was like almost 20. It's going to feel selfish at first, but know that this is not the end game. And it's funny, they're showing me what they were showing me before, like where I was saying you manipulate energy. And it almost looked like you were welding, like it was like spark. Hmm. Um, and now I'm realizing, oh, that's also like the fire. So that's a theme here. But hmm. it's like, you, let's say that you're going to go and you're going to do telekinesis and you're going to focus on manifestation and you're going to focus on creating energy in the world, in your life, et cetera. Okay. Then when it comes time, when there's a divine opportunity, a divine match for you to help people, then you're going to bring a real world skill to the table that has a different, um, a different impact than just being able to really relate and make them feel seen and valued. Okay. Which is not, they're not trying to belittle that. Like there's other people that are um, energetically codependent mm -hmm. that can feel what other people are feeling but don't validate them. Okay. Whereas with you, when you, when you are experiencing somebody else's emotions, you reflect it back to them and they feel seen and understood in a different way. Yeah. So the guys just want to be very clear that what you have is a gift and is being helpful. And if you can start to focus on your own divine expression and the way that you can manifest that in the world and whether that's like, oh, I just made a flower bloom because I stood over it and rubbed my hands together, whatever. Or whether that, oh, I manifested $5 for my afternoon coffee. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have this whole other more powerful skill set to bring to the table. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And also, this is also just about that independence. It's so funny. We're coming back here. We were there with relationships, and now we're here with your energetic work. It's mm -hmm. just, it's about creating independence from others and then being with others at your choosing. Yeah. You're beholden to no one. Yeah. We could say maybe a little bit to your children in that sort of way, yeah. but yeah. That. that's a very, you know, that's the only obligation. Mm -hmm. You're yeah, obligated, healthy, but you're not even beholden. I'm working on a healthy, secure attachment with both of them. You know, I'm working on that. <laughs> I know I have it with one and the other one I did not, but I think that was, it was, I don't think she could from a child, as a child, she was inconsolable. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. There's a lot of past life stuff with her. Okay. Um, let me see. Some of the past life stuff, um, your soul was involved, but much of it was, was not, it was just, she brought some stuff in this lifetime to heal okay. um, because she's with you. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, I hate to say, she's not going to heal. Some of the stuff she's not going to heal till she's like in her 40s. Okay. Not all of it, but some of it. So this is this is a long haul game with, with her past life stuff. I'm patient. She's got to do the work and I'm, I'm here to be supportive because I know that, you know, some people may... Some people in our lives are very dismissive, dismissive of my spirituality. And yeah. the youngest, she gets it, if anything. You know, and the older one, she she is the one who was inconsolable as a baby. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? You know, 
And so mm-hmm. I did the opposite with the next one. You know, if anything, you know, to meet the fuckers, I fockerized the second one and she seemed much more well-adjusted. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't listen to everybody else about it this time. Mm. But I, so I kind of blamed myself and being, well, that's what they told me through the first one. And even, even when I would try to hold her and hug her and rock her and do all of that, she was still inconsolable. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I have to walk away from her. Sometimes I had to just put her in her sling or put her in her crib and walk away and, you know, do what I could to you know, not lose my hearing, the screaming. And uh, the second one was so different and so easy. It was like, oh, I, maybe it wasn't me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's, if you could do some releasing work around that. The guilt that I felt? The guilt that you felt and the story that you have okay. about her being inconsolable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes her feel guilty. Like she was a problem baby and it wasn't that. I just explained to her, I tried to love you and tried to control you and you would just cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. I tried to make her not feel that it makes her any unlovable, any more unlovable than the other one or that she, because she was a more difficult baby and it's so hard because then it's like well I don't you're you're gonna have maybe you'll have kids someday and and and, you know I've been told if I was first I've been the last because I was like that also as a baby I was Mm. I cried a lot a lot yeah my mom my mom would say oh yeah a little bit of karma there (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it it feels to me like she carries that story with her. Okay. Work on that. There's some version of there's something wrong with me or I'm bad or I'm hard to be with or there's some belief that she has that I can't identify. I don't get into her energy field, but there's some belief that she has she carries with her. Okay. Where if we could reframe it and say like your body must have been so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yep. life was hard for you at that phase. And I did she the best I could distress. and I'm sorry, I couldn't make yeah. it better. Yep. yep. Yeah. Her GI distress got better and she was calmer when we figured more out, more of the GI upset. That she was I was going to ask you if it was reflux because that was my, my, yep, I had yeah. that. But then I was like. <laughs> reflux and constipation, both. Finding one thing versus another versus another, and then by the time she was six, seven months old, she was a little bit better. Once we put on like gas drops and different formula, yeah. you know, all these different things, we tried so many things. Yeah, it's so yeah. hard. You know, it's funny how um, old people will be like, "Oh, to be young again," and I look at kids and I go, "At what point was it easy?" <laughs> like when was young easy? It's just as hard being a kid. Yeah. Um, Harder, yeah. Bless, bless her heart. So yeah, so just work on reframing that for her. Okay. Um, where instead of saying like, and you just cried, it's like, and your body was uncomfortable, or mm-hmm. things were hard, and I felt helpless. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Rather than you were difficult. Yeah, I see the reframing. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and the thing about all babies, but especially especially sensitive babies, is mm-hmm. that it is hard to come down and be human 
and then fall into the illusion that we are separate from God. Hmm. So GI distress or not, (laughs) it makes sense to share some tears. So just, I just want to say that so we can all have compassion for each other, you know, at any age, it just makes sense that there are some tears because we all fall into this illusion that we're separate from God, that we are not loved, that we are not lovable in some form or fashion. But we're all one. My my younger one, <laughs> uh, we were listening to Within You, Without You from the Beatles. Okay. And the lyrics of that basically explain that we are all one. And she was like, Mom, this is it. This is the key. <laughs> She pointed it out to me, and I was, I was looking at it, I'm like, wow, okay, that's profound. You just realized that already at your age. <laughs> that is and, profound. And, yeah, she was telling me how she listened to that, and she could imagine what she would do, like, if she created, like, a video for that, and the beautiful colors, and, like, the, all the things that she would do, <clears throat> if you know, to go along with that song. Um, <laughs> that's how her creative mind works. So I, wow. I appreciate that I get that from that she's able to talk to me and, and I I implore her and you know empower her to explore her creativity because I know she'll I know she'll be creative someday. She's trying to figure out what she wants to do, you know. Yeah. Because she's creative. Well and I wanna say even with your it's the oldest that had the GI distress in the past life stuff, correct? Yes. I think she's a lot more sensitive than she knows or than she lets on. I think she And she, like, I even think if we're talking gastric distress, that's literally what we're physically, we're processing. We're processing Mm -hmm. what we're taking in. Mm -hmm. And I I think she's just a very sensitive person who probably has quite a profound spiritual connection, but figured out pretty early on what was acceptable and what wasn't. Yeah. And it seems to me that whoever was around her, the majority of people around her probably would not have taken kindly to um, communicating with something unseen. Sure. Um. Like, literally, I'm getting an image of she's in a crib, and I see, like, a grandparent or um, maybe even a pet. But I see a loved one that's passed on mm-hmm. in the room with her. Okay. And then I see an alive and well family member coming in and ignoring the loved one that's passed on. Mm-hmm. And it's like she realizes that they – that they don't communicate mm-hmm. and it's distressing for her okay because it's so natural for her and it's like it even though no one has said there's no such thing as dead people you know what i mean there's no such thing as ghosts no one said anything like that to this like three-month-old baby or whatever it's like she's right. figuring out already mm-hmm. who's allowed to exist oh, i get it okay and it's like distressing for her so it's so subconscious and buried inside of her. But I, I wouldn't be super shocked if she became, you know, 
hippy dippy woo woo, so to speak, <laughs> at some point in her life. She knows, you know, all the ghost hunters and all those kind of TV shows came on when she was quite young, and I would watch some of them when she was little, and then I had to start shielding her a little bit. She loved those, so absolutely loved them. Mm. Versus a younger one who actively would tell me about seeing spirits and things like that. She absolutely hates those kind of shows. I do, too. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like them as much. There's, there's one that I like. I'm not going to say what it was, but it's the okay. one where they were very respectful, um, because they like to go and try to figure out why are you here and and how can we help you, basically thinking of them as humans most of the time. And they also have a psychic who works with them, and I appreciate that his sense is it, it's the same. He's on the same page with them, you know, as far as the investigators. It's not about scaring. It's not about you know, all of that. It's about the unseen world that has always existed in my mind. That was also, you know, people were like, okay, don't be talking about that because, you know, yeah, not everybody's going to accept that. And right. so I know I started shutting it down to a degree too. Like, well, why do I know about this stuff? Why did I know that when I shouldn't, <laughs> you know, when I would have premonitions? And then I don't tell people about it because, well, with your religious upbringing, you don't talk about that. That's, right. you know, could be, you know, this or that, or that could be devils or demons or whatever you want to say. Yeah. But, but it would be always natural to me to know that there is an afterlife or there's another side of the world where they cannot see. But I, I suppose when my kids were little babies, I didn't want to sit and discuss that with them. They're too little for that, but I could at least just, it didn't shock me when the youngest one told me what she was seeing, you know? Right. The older one, I, I figured, oh, gosh, maybe I'm scaring her too much. If I watch these shows, I better not let her. And then she'd try and watch them when she, you know, when I wasn't around. <laughs> she'd be like, I want to watch this show. And I'm like, why? You know, don't, don't. Don't get too into the scary tactics, you know, the scary tactics. Right, the scary part, right. Yeah, that's why I don't like them. Like, I have no problem with dead people. Right. <laughs> Just, exactly. But I don't find them scary. Um, I don't either. I yeah. don't, I, you know, that's not how I think of them. And I think there are too many people who do think of them that way. Right, right. I think it's an extension of their soul that just moves on to the next realm that we can't see. I can't see them. I can still sense them, or they they come across to me one way or another, and it creeps me out when a when when I realize that oh yeah that's a big old sign like multiple in a row okay I'll figure out what I need to do with that. Um, but at least I know I have some friends who are accepting of that, and I appreciate that. So it's the standpoint of I've at least told my daughters you know feel free to come to me and talk about this, you know. You know, mm-hmm. I'm an open, you know, person for them to come and talk about that. Even if, yeah. you know, their dad, their dad will never get that side, and he, he never got that about me. That was part of this. I admit that I wish I could have helped them understand better, but I know that I can't make someone else you take the woo-woo out of it, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It it feels very much to me like part part of the reason your daughters chose you as their mom is for the possibility, the option 
to maintain a spiritual connection in this lifetime. Um, it doesn't mean they'll choose it, but they wanted to have the option. Okay. And with your, is this your oldest daughter? I honestly, I feel like I'm, logically I'm thinking they're talking about your oldest daughter, but they're telling me this is your youngest daughter because I was wanted to go back to your oldest daughter's past life stuff because I wanted to tell you, like, you don't need to go see a past life hypnotherapist or anything. Like her healing can occur naturally. But mm-hmm. um, there's something about safety with your youngest daughter yeah. that they they want to just bring up also as past life that um, I sense that you all are already doing something like you're talking to her energetically um, about boundaries or about maybe talking to her spirit guides. Like there's something that you're doing with her already around safety. Um, is it and, physical safety or psychic mental? Because I do both, actually. Yeah. It's tricky. It is tricky because it's almost like the more you talk about it, she, at first it makes her feel more safe. It makes her feel like she has a toolkit. But then it makes her feel less safe. Like there really is something to be scared of. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tricky. So yeah. they want to there's some sort of a book that I haven't read that I don't know the name of because they're showing me a book but I can't see it and I can't um, (laughs) I mean I can see that it's a book but I can't see the name or the title but there's some sort of a book about the way the universe works energetically it might be like I don't think it's a Reiki book um but I do feel like it might be like an Eden energy medicine or it might, I think it's like an energetic book and about just like the way the universe works. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it, because there, there really is nothing to be afraid of. Right. I get it. I, I get all of that. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean, you know, don't buckle your seatbelt. You know, right. but she she has a she has a black belt for a reason. Yeah. Okay. And I had to I processed that as we we wanted to make sure she was able to self spend. Right. Even though she was like, okay, I'm done now and be done now. I'm like, no, it's like you did continue. And I'm like, it wasn't out of me wanting to. Like I told her, I actually told her this this weekend because I processed this and I was like, you know, it wasn't me wanting to be able to brag about you because I don't just routinely tell people, yeah, my youngest has a black belt. It, she, had, she had been hurt and we wanted to make sure that she could defend herself because we felt as parents we had let, let her down. Right. And we know that we cannot always be there with her. So at least if we empower her to get the protection that she can have herself, then maybe, maybe, you know. But on the other right. hand, and any of us do we protect ourselves sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of an illusion, you know. Yeah. It empowers her to be, to have the training. And you can always, you know, set your intentions and, and call on the angels and everything, you know, one else that you need to, to protect me here, you know, while I go through this and not fear when I'm going forward in this, you know, who knows where it's going, you know, situation. Yeah, but at least I feel that I can, I can tell her it's good to be able to follow your gut instinct and 
to go forward, you know, without fear. Because if you don't fear, then you're not opening yourself up to love and to be loved and to be there, you know, to trust people. Be vulnerable, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something, it seems like you already have have your eye on it. They just want to bring that up as something to be aware of. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. This was such an, I feel like you asked me one question and <laughs> we just kept talking. Um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast and I hope this was helpful. Yes, it was, Amy. It was. Awesome. Good to talk. Have a great day. Always. You too. Uh, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.